You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is Lessons from Mother Mary. Lessons from Mother Mary. On this Mother's Day, I want us to look at a few life stories that the mother of Jesus experienced in the Gospels. We can look at her experiences as she journeyed through her life and see how she reacted. We can look and learn at some lessons from her. And these lessons, I think we can look at and apply. They're not going to be these amazing revelation lessons. They're going to be simple lessons that we can apply and use in our lives to help us on our journey. And so the first story that I want to look at is in Luke chapter 1. And the lesson that we can learn is to trust God like Mother Mary. Trust God like Mother Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, we're diving right into the middle of the story, and I'll give you some backstory. It says, Then Mary said, she's talking to the angel, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Now, a little backstory: We have this random girl by the name Mary. She's hanging out in her house. She's just got engaged to a local carpenter, living her life, doing her thing, and all of a sudden an angel just shows up in her house. And the angel says, you are blessed and highly favored by all women. Now, if I was Mary in that situation, I would think, who, who are you talking to? I'm in this little town. I'm getting married to this guy. I mean, I don't have a bank account. I don't have a crown. I'm not a queen. I don't have all this power. I don't have all these things. I'm just here in my house hanging out, and this angel shows up and says, you're blessed and highly favored among the Lord and among women. And this angel starts telling her about what is about to happen in her life. We know this story. We've heard it before, where she is told by this angel, you're going to have a baby, and it's not going to be by that guy. Okay, well, I know how... Science works. I took health science in high school. It's got to be a girl. There's got to be a guy. If it's not going to be my husband, then who's it going to be? And then this angel goes into this elaborate explanation that you will be overshadowed by the Lord Most High and you will bear a son and you will call him Jesus. You will call him Emmanuel. You will call him Savior. All of a sudden, if that's me in that position, I've got more questions. Excuse me, what does overshadowed by the Most High mean? I haven't heard that in my science book. I don't know what that looks like. I've got a husband. You're telling me that God and me, we're going to have a baby. I'm going to name him this. He's going to save the world. If it was me and probably you, you would have a lot more questions, a lot more questions to ask. But what does Mary say in Luke 138? After he explains in a very vague 
spiritual way of how she's going to have this baby, her instant response is, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. To have the ability to trust God like that in my life. That I can read this book, I can read the Bible, and I can see some scriptures that are some pretty, pretty crazy scriptures. If we're being honest, there's some, some pretty crazy things that are said in that book, in that Mary is having this encounter with an angel. Maybe you have, I haven't as of yet. I haven't had a physical encounter with an angel of him showing up to my house to tell me something. That she's looking at this angel. This angel's telling us all these crazy things. And her immediate response is whatever your word says, whatever God says, that's fine. Then let it be according to your word. That we can see in this story a lesson that can encourage us to trust God like Mary did. That God, if you said it, no matter how crazy it is, no matter what, How it makes sense or doesn't make sense, I trust you. I trust your word. I trust what you're saying. I don't understand. Mary says, I don't understand the who, the how, the when, the where, the why. Don't understand it. But if you said it, then I'll believe it. And I'll trust your word to come to fruition. And then she goes on this completely different journey of her life. She has this baby. And there's kings that are showing up. There's shepherds that are showing up. She takes Jesus to the temple. And there's these prophets and prophetess that are coming up and holding her baby and prophesying. And then like all parents, they lose their baby every once in a while. They lose Jesus. Where'd he go? What happened? They find him in a temple. And it says that he's preaching and teaching at a very young age and These scholars who have studied the writings over and over and over again are marveling at what he's saying. This journey that she goes on from the simple idea of I'm going to trust God in this moment, in this situation, in what he said, changed and transformed her life forever. Whenever There's a story in 2 Kings about a prophet by the name of Elisha who encounters this woman. She's just known as the Shunammite woman. And she recognizes that Elisha is coming through the area. She says, I want to build a place for you. And he's so moved by it, he says, let me tell you, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. She said, well, I didn't ask for a son or anything, but let it be. And in 2 Kings chapter 4 is this whole story where the son is out in the field with the dad. And for whatever reason, the son says, my dad, my head's hurting. And what all dads do when your kid is hurting or asking a question, he says, go see your mother. So she, the son goes, they bring the son to the mother. And the son dies. And the woman at this moment could have done and said a lot of things, but it says that she picked up the son, brought it to the room of the prophet, and laid the son on this bed where the prophet normally stays when he comes through town. 
She walks out the room, and the father asks, what's going on? Is everything okay? And she makes this statement in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 23. She says, it is well. He said, now, she asked her husband, will you let me get a donkey and go see the man of God? And he says, well, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a holiday. It's, it's, it's not a, a festival. It's not anything. It's not a new moon. He says, but obviously he sees the look in her eye that she needs to go talk to the man of God. She says, okay, we'll go. So then she starts her journey to the man of God's place. The man of God is in his house, and he recognizes her from far off, and he sends his servant to go and talk to her. And he says, go and talk to her and find out what's going on. He says, because the Lord has hidden from me what and why she's here. So the servant shows up and talks to the lady before she gets in. He says, everything okay? And she says, it is well. I've got to talk to the man of God. Servant being wise said, okay, well, I'm going to get out your way. You can go ahead and go. She gets to the man of God and falls down at his feet and says, didn't you tell me that I was supposed to have a son and now he is lying dead? That's a rough one as a pastor. Whew. Uh, come again? What happened? And she, He says, I'll come with you. They go back to the house. He walks into the room, and there that boy is dead. And now this this prophet, this man of God, has got to stretch his faith. He's got to stand up because this woman has put her trust in it. And it says that he lays on top of this boy, and he prays. And it says that he coughs. I believe the story, I'm summarizing the story. You can read it for the full context of it. I believe he coughs seven times, and the boy wakes up. And then he says, the prophet yells out through the room, bring the Shunammite woman in there. All of a sudden, this this pastor has the faith out of him. He just raised the dead. Bring, before he walked into that room, he was like, oh my God, how are we? What are we going to do here? Now that boy is risen from the dead. He said, bring me the Shunammite woman. It is time to see that your son is alive and well. But this woman trusted God. When everything was falling apart, and her husband saying, what's going on? What's happening? When the servant of this man of God is saying, what's going on? What's going on? And she said, it is well. That man of God told me that I was going to have a son. And he, God did not give me a son just to kill him at a young age. So therefore, that man of God is going to talk to God and bring him back to life. Wow. These, there are some stories in the Bible of these mothers who are trusting God. Maybe you're out there and you're trusting God for your children to come back to the church, to come back to a relationship with God, that we can stand on these stories and see these mothers trust God. Me and Maddie, we had our first son, and during the first pregnancy, and I've talked about this a little bit, during the first pregnancy, it it didn't go the way that we had planned. If I'm being honest, it didn't go the way that we had prayed and that we had believed. And we had to, Maddie had to end up having an emergency C-section. We were trying to have the baby naturally, and I say we, I had nothing to do with it. It's just standing there for moral support and encouraging her, but we had prayed these prayers. We had believed these things, and, and the pregnancy started going south, and we had to have this emergency C-section. 
Now, God works all things to the good because we have a healthy six-year-old baby boy who's growing every day. He's alive and well, and he's healthy, and God is good. And then there was a time period when we were still living before we bought the house where God started speaking to me and saying that we needed to have another child. It was time to have another baby, and she needed to be born that year. It's the words he was saying, and he kept saying she and her, and I said, God, there's a 50-50 chance here. You're being pretty specific. So I started talking to Maddie about, I believe God's telling us that it's time to have another baby, and she said, oh yeah, I was waiting on you. I already have the name. It's going to be a girl, and I said, okay, well... Let's, let's make it happen. So we decided to go on this journey as we were trying to recover from the first pregnancy. And I thought to myself, because I, I didn't really have to deal with it, but God, there were some, in my eyes and in her eyes, some unanswered prayers that got left at that first pregnancy. There was some pain and there was some hurt. There was some frustration that happened and if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm nervous to walk into a second pregnancy. God, we've got some questions. We've got some frustrations. We've got some healing that needs to happen for us to have this second baby. And as me and Maddie started talking, we started making a list again. Well, this is what we're going to believe for again. Just because we didn't see it happen in the first one, we're going to trust God that he's going to do it again, that he's going to show up faithful again, that he's going to be true to his word and to what we're asking and what we're believing. We're going to trust in God. And we went on this journey, and we, we met these different doctors that said, yeah, yeah, you can have it naturally. That's fine. And a couple months in, all of a sudden, they said, well, let's start planning for a C-section. Well, what if, what if this happens? Well, we got to be ready and we're like, no, we're having this naturally. Well, well, she can't gain this amount of weight. And the baby has to be this size. There was like three or four factors. And I thought, okay, well, whatever you're saying, we're just going to believe God to do all that. We found another doctor. And this doctor said, absolutely, we can have it naturally. We, we thrive in helping women have another baby naturally. So then we're there in the hospital and the pregnancy and the delivery is completely different than the first one. The first one, Maddie's walking around and we're bouncing on balls. We're, we're, we're getting in, in hot tubs. I mean, she's doing all of these things. In the second pregnancy, she's in bed and she's sleeping. And in my mind, I'm freaking out and I'm talking to God while she's sleeping. And I'm like, well, the last pregnancy, she had to, she had to walk around the room and she had to start pushing, and we got to blow uh, these balls up so she can, she can be bouncing on it. we got to go walk down the hall, and she's sleeping, and she's resting. And, and every time a nurse would come in, I would get nervous because I would think, because the last time, the nurses would come in, and they would criticize Maddie. Oh, you're laying down again? What are you doing? I'm like, she's having a baby. Calm down. Like, why? This is, this is intense for me. And the nurses came in after many, many hours of her resting, and they said, well, let's just check you and find out and see. She was fully dilated. They said, well, let's just start pushing. And I thought, this is not the way that it had happened. But I trust you, God. I trust you. We start, she starts pushing. I'm sorry. I do not want to include myself in this is all. She did it all. But we are one. And um, while we're there, the doctor shows up, and he starts saying these things like, let's watch the heartbeat. 
The heartbeat's dropping. Let's start prepping the room. It's time to do a C-section. And there's, at this time, there's probably 20 or 30 people in there. Somehow they brought all these nurses and these students in. They were just, it was a party in there. And this one guy is yelling louder than everybody else. The baby's heartbeat is dropping. It's time to go do an emergency C-section. We've got to go. We've got to stop. If it drops again, we're doing this. And I'm just in Maddie's ear whispering, keep pushing, keep pushing. We're further than we've been the first time. We've trusted God this far. And I'm looking at the, the doula that's in there, and she's looking at me, and, and she's smiling. And I'm like, okay, we're on the same page. And we had that, she had that baby naturally. Because we trusted God. Everything that we had prayed for and believed for, she was the amount of weight that she was supposed to be. The baby was the amount of weight that she was supposed to be. Maddie prayed for blue eyes and curly hair, dark curly hair on that baby. Family, we trusted God. In the moment of what we had an experience prior that could have just sent us sideways and said, well, we'll just do whatever. But we stood on the word of God And family, I want to encourage you today to trust God like Mother Mary did. That I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why or where God's going to show up, but if his word said it, he's going to do it. Trust in God. We got to roll. Here we go. Number two, use faith like Mother Mary. Trust God like Mother Mary, use faith. John chapter 2, verse 5. We're diving straight into the story. His mother, being Mary, said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, this is the story of the first miracle, John chapter 2. Jesus is invited to this wedding with his disciples. Who knows who's all there? Family, friends, people from their community. They're hanging out, having a good time. And we know this story. All of a sudden, the wine goes dry. The party stops. The record scratch. And Mary, having all these things in her heart, knowing all these things that that God has said, this encounter with the angel and seeing all these miracles, she walks up to her son and she says, there's an issue here and you need to fix it. And it looks like Jesus is being disrespectful to his mother because he says, mother, what do, I have to, what, what do you have to do with me? It is not my time. And talking to the Son of God, the Son of Man, she could have said, oh, you're right. I don't know the timing. I don't know what's going on. You and God got something going on, so I'm just going to take a back seat. I'm going to stop. No, 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 that's not Mary's response. Mary's response is she doesn't even acknowledge what Jesus says. She just turns to the servants and says, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Now, I want you to understand something, that God is moved by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so Jesus was then forced to respond to her faith. And the very next thing he says is fill those water pots up and then scoop some out and bring it to the head of the party. And then the head of the party says, normally... You save the worst wine for last because everybody has been well drunk, it says. And then you you bring the garbage wine out for everybody to enjoy. He says, but you save the best for last. So not only does God do this amazing miracle, just turning water into wine, great miracle right there. Just doing that alone, 
He then all of a sudden ages it, changes it, and brings a taste to it to where it's the best wine that they've ever tasted, that they've ever experienced. She knew and expected Jesus to do a miracle in that situation. She knew who Jesus was. She knew the power and the authority that he had. And she just said, take care of it. To have the faith of Mary in our own personal lives. That when we're going through something, when there's a situation that's happening and that we're encountering, that we don't stop and look at the situation well, there's no wine. What are we going to do? Look at the bride. She's so sad. The head of the party, he's going to be so disappointed. What's this? What do we do? How do we do? That Mary's first response in the moment of a situation arising was to look at Jesus and say, you fix it. I know you can do it. I know what you're capable of. So go and fix it and take care of it. And then she speaks to her situation. Tells the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And changes the atmosphere, changes the moment, changes it from a situation where the party could have crashed to the party taking up a notch. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on to eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Whenever we moved to McKinney and we moved in with Pastor John and Miss Ann, I was going through some health issues at the time and didn't really know what the health issues were. I was just losing a lot of weight. I wasn't eating. I was scared. I was nervous. We were coming out of uh, some things that were going on in Louisiana. And I came to Pastor John and Miss Ann's house weighing at my strongest, 120, 125, somewhere around there. You think I'm skinny now? I was skin and bones back then. And we sat down and we talked with them and, and they encouraged us and, and we got to the house and Miss Ann told me, she said, before you leave, I'm going to fatten you up. And I was like, I mean, okay, like, I, I, I'm not eating anything I'm getting sick when I do eat things. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety. We're, we're married. We're, now we're moving into their house. We don't have a job. We moved to this new place with nobody around. There was just all these situations happening. And Miss Ann, she said, I'm going to fatten you up before you leave here. I was like, I don't know how... You have the faith to believe it. I've gone to doctors. I've had tests run. I've done blood work, and it says that there's nothing wrong. I, I just don't know what it is. So she started feeding me. She just would make stuff, and she'd say, eat that. She had this CD that she, she would hand out to people that was just a CD of some man reading health scriptures. It was 30 minutes long, and she would say, listen to this. Put it on your phone. And I'd put those headphones in, and I would just listen to this guy reading scripture after scripture after scripture of healing after healing after healing. And I would sit there, and I would talk with them, and they would talk with us, and they would encourage us, and they would lift us up. So we were there for only six months. She put weight on me. Now here, standing here, I think I'm 160 strong, soaking wet. But in seven or eight years, 
putting on 30, 40 pounds that I was losing because of the faith of this woman. She says, I don't know how, I don't know what's going on, but I know that my God is my healer, and if he's healed me, he'll heal you. And she just walked it out. She had the faith that I didn't have, and she helped me get through it. Miss Karen, my mother-in-law, she's upstairs with the kids right now. She's not only my mother-in-law, she's also the church's accountant and the church secretary. She oversees the books. She oversees paying the bills and taking care of everything, and we've set the budget for the church these last couple of years. She has helped and served many, many, many churches and many, many, many pastors. She has, she has seen the rise and falls of churches here in this community, and if she wasn't my mother-in-law, I would still hire to take care of the books because she has been in so many different churches around here, and she has been faithful, and she has told me stories as we've sitting down, talked about the budget, talked about finances, and I'm like, in these lean years of COVID and all that, I'm like, well, I don't know if we should do this, and we should pull back here, and we should save here, and we should do that. And she would tell us, and she would tell me, time and time and time again, I have looked at these books at different churches, and we have no way or idea of how these bills are going to get paid, and God always provides for his church. And I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. Okay, even this year, we were sitting down looking at the budget and trying to figure some things out. And she has that smile on her face that she gets. And she says, what if we, what if we took the budget up a little bit more? And I'm like, well, we didn't hit the budget last year and this and this. And I'm looking at the money here and we got to do this and that. She, she said, well, how much do you trust God? All right, okay, well... <laughs> Yes, ma'am. And she has pushed me and stretched me, and we have seen such financial blessing in this church this year, in these last couple months, because of you and your giving and the things that have happened that we've been able to take care of and provide inside and outside the church, and our bills are paid and taken care of, because there are women in my life who have stretched my faith, just like these, this woman, Mother Mary where she looked at her situation, where she looked at Jesus and said, I know what you can do, you take care of it. You resolve it. So be encouraged in your life to have faith like Mary. In the situations that are surrounding you, have faith in God and believe that he's going to do what he says. And I'm finishing with this. We're shutting it down now. The last one is look to Jesus like Mother Mary. Look to Jesus like Mother Mary. John chapter 19, verse 25. John chapter 19, verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary and the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Look to Jesus like Mary. Mary has seen her son. She has heard the words of angels. She has seen her son raise the dead. She has seen her son heal the sick. She has seen her son turn water to wine. She has seen her son do miracle after miracle after miracle. And now she is at the worst moment of her life. She is staring at her baby boy, her firstborn, suffering and dying. He has been, he has been chastised. He has been uh, rejected by his own religious leaders, the people of the church that she's a part of, and she's being, he's being killed by the government that has overtaken their area. And there are men who were standing around her mocking her son, mocking and making fun of her baby boy. 
as she's seen and she's heard her son say time and time again, she has these words, she has all these things that she's held on to, and she's watching her baby boy die in front of everybody, an embarrassing death, an agonizing death. But the beautiful thing is, in her most dire situation, the only thing that she can do is look at Jesus. Jesus looks down at her, and he says, look at your son, talking about his best friend, John. John, look at your mother. And it says that John took Mary into his house to take care of him. It's speculated, it's not in the scriptures, but it's speculated by by this time, Joseph had possibly already passed away. Joseph may or may not have been dead at this time. And Jesus, on the cross, dying, suffering, looks down and makes it a point and a priority for somebody to take care of his mother. That as Mary is going through this traumatic experience, she's looking at Jesus. And as she's looking at Jesus, Jesus is looking down at her and helping her and restoring her and blessing her. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith the beginning and the end, who's also in the middle with us. I'll finish with this last Mother's Day story. When we were younger, my dad got laid off. We were living in an apartment complex that was turning into a Section 8 set of apartments, and there were many of times, I remember coming home from church specifically one night, we opened the front door, and we could see to the back door where the kitchen was, the whole frame of the house was kicked in, of the door was kicked in. There was a huge footprint on the door where they had kicked the frame in, fallen on the ground, they kicked in, and they went through our house and they stole a bunch of stuff. They would kick in our storage unit and steal my dad's golf clubs and all that. And I remember as a kid, we had this, this apple jar, apple juice jar of change. And mom and dad were trying to get us out the house and uh, call the police and all that. And me and my brother were just asking them, like, did they steal our apple juice jar with five bucks of change? And I remember living in this apartment complex, and my dad uh, got laid off. My dad would just wake up and, and leave the house to go work. He would go work at wherever he could to make money for us. And mom was homeschooling us at the time. And I don't know how many times it happened. It seems like in my mind, because I was a kid, that it happened a lot. But there would be a knock at the door. And, and, and by the time we would get to the door and open the door, there would just be bags of groceries at the front door. Mom, and we would look out the door, and there'd be nobody there, and we'd bring the groceries in. And I remember as a young child asking my mom, who brought the groceries? There's nobody there. Who brought the groceries? And my mom's response was, Jesus brought us these groceries. And I remember as a kid thinking, Jesus? Like the Jesus from church came down from heaven and brought us groceries at this apartment complex? He brought me oatmeal and bananas and But you see, my mom was doing something there, not just for me, but for herself. She was looking to the author and the finish of her face. She was reminding herself and she was teaching her children 
that Jesus is taking care of us. He's providing. He's showing up in the middle of the storm, unemployed, not knowing what we we're going to do in our house, house getting broken into. She just kept saying, Jesus is going to take care of us. He keeps bringing us food, just like Mary in that moment. So I want to encourage you today to remember and be just like Mother Mary. Trust God. Trust him at what he says. I don't know how, when, where, why he's going to do it, but he's going to do it and trust it that he will. Have faith in God. Have faith that he is going to be true to his word and in the middle of any storm or circumstance, look to Jesus. Because when you look to him, he's already looking at you and he's ready and willing to help you today. Amen? Let's stand up today and get y'all out of here so you can beat the other denominations to the restaurants. They get out at 12. We can get there. So, Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for the mothers. I thank you that they are blessed and highly favored. Father, I thank you that you've given us examples of women and mothers in the Bible that we can glean from, life lessons that we can glean from to apply to our life in our moments, in our situations. Father, we choose today to trust you and trust your word. No matter how crazy that word is, we trust your word today. Father, no matter what the situation is, we have faith that you are going to do what your word says. And finally, no matter what the situation is, Father, we are going to look to you. I'm not going to look at the storm around me, just like when the disciples, we're going to go and wake you up, and we're going to have you speak peace to our situation, calm to our situation, health to our situation, salvation to our situation. Father, I thank you that each and every person here is blessed and highly favored. They have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you your word says that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. The favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I thank you that we are the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit leads and guides each and every person here to all truth that you have for them. Father, bless your people, protect your people, and let the mothers have a restful day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Clear out those desserts, mothers, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.